The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 220 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by Self-Publishing School and by FreshBooks. Get a free copy of Chandler Bolt's book, Published, when you sign up for free training on how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash published to get your free copy now. And for 30 days, you can use FreshBooks cloud accounting software absolutely free, get access to all of their features, and you don't even need a credit card to take advantage of their free trial. To find out more, freshbooks.com slash read to lead. This is an empowering time. I've never been more confident about a person's ability to stand out and achieve everything they've wanted to achieve. Hello and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. And there are a few things that I am more passionate about than that. My name is Jeff Brown, and I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then things like intentional and consistent reading are an absolute must. The Read to Lead podcast will help you narrow this important reading list and and bring you key insights and valuable ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. One of those, certainly a quite successful author, is Carmine Gallo. He's been on the show before, and he's the author of a brand new book called Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Go from Good to Great. I'll ask Carmine to share about why things like artificial intelligence make communication skills more important than ever, tips for building your communication skills specifically at work, how best to find common ground with almost anyone, and much, much more. In his book, Five Stars, Carmine breaks down Aristotle's ancient formula of persuasion to inspire us today. Now, as the nature of work changes and technology carries things across the globe in a moment, communication skills, he says, become more valuable, not less. When you express your ideas effectively, you're more likely to win that dream job, sell your products, build your brand, and trigger movements. Carmine these days seems to be cranking out books at the speed of about one every couple of years. For you, maybe you're still dreaming about book number one. Maybe you've even already started writing that book. Well, Carmine's output notwithstanding, the fact is writing a book is really hard. Now, if you want one that can actually make money and be read by lots of people other than just your friends and your immediate family, you've got to have a proven system in place that you can follow. Otherwise, good luck. Now, my friend Chandler Bolt and I want to send you a free copy of his book called Published. He was on the show a year or so back to talk about it. It's a $15 book with over 500 reviews on Amazon, and he's sending it to you for free when you sign up for his free training. That's all you have to do. You see, Chandler runs self publishing school. It's an online education company dedicated to one thing. He helps people like you get your book idea out of your head and on paper as quickly as you can, and then getting your published book into the hands of as many readers as possible. And his free training walks you through the exact process to follow to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days, plus the exact book launch blueprint to follow to launch your book to the tune of $10,000 and beyond and earn monthly royalties month after month. Now, if you've ever thought about writing a book, 
you owe it to yourself to sign up for this training. It's absolutely free. Plus, you get his free book published when you do. To sign up right now and ensure that book is on its way to you pronto, go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. If you are running your own business, I've got to ask you a very important question. Why are you making it harder on yourself than you need to? I say, wait a minute, Jeff, what are you talking about? Well, if you're not using cloud accounting software, FreshBooks, trust me, you're making it harder on yourself than you need to. I know from personal experience. As a longtime user of FreshBooks, I can vouch for just how awesome it is. It saves me time. It saves me money. FreshBooks helps ensure I get paid faster. It makes tax time or any reports I need to provide my bank super simple. I could not run my business without it. And I don't suggest you try either. What are you waiting for? FreshBooks has a free 30-day trial. No obligation. No credit card needed. You can use all the features that FreshBooks has to offer and risk absolutely nothing. Just go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. And you're well on your way to making it so much easier on yourself to run your business. That address one more time is freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Carmine Gallo is the best-selling author of Talk Like Ted, a book we've had him on the show to talk about before, and The Storyteller's Secret. He's an influential communications advisor for the world's most admired brands, brands like Google, Accenture, Intel, Coca-Cola, Allstate, LinkedIn. And as a popular keynote speaker, he teaches CEOs and leaders to deliver dynamic presentations and share inspiring stories that sell products and grow brands and motivate change. He also writes, by the way, for uh, Forbes.com and Inc.com. His brand new book and the one we're going to talk about today came out just a couple of weeks ago. Is called Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to Great. I'm excited to have him back. Carmine, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me back for a repeat appearance, Jeff. I appreciate it. Well, I was checking uh, just this morning. I hadn't realized that it had been over four years since we had talked to you back in March of 2014, and you've released a book since then, so shame on me for not having you back to talk about that one a couple of years ago. And shame on me. I should have sent that one to you directly. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been at the top of the list to receive. That was Storyteller's Secret. Yeah. Uh, that was in between a book called Talk Like Ted and the book we're talking about today, which is Five Stars. Yeah, so it, it, that one is much more focused just on storytelling in business. Ah. But in this new book, I do go into storytelling even more because since then I've learned mm. a lot more about the science and the art of storytelling as business leaders. And as I was uh, reading some of the comments from our conversation back all those years ago, uh, James said Carmine's tips really resonated with me, found the episode immensely helpful. Another commenter was New York Times best-selling author Dan Miller, who I remember geeking out over our conversation all those years ago, saying your questions and Carmine's responses were very helpful. I'm recommending this book to every speaker I know. Oh, wonderful. thought you'd like to hear that. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, one of the questions I ask uh, virtually every guest I have on the show, Carmine, and these are often people who, unlike you, are not communications experts, begins with the, the statement that I believe that the ability to effectively share your ideas in public is, a, is it's about as important a skill as you can have. And I used to wonder sometimes, am I overstating that? But after reading Carmine's book, I, I, I'm on the right track. I don't think I'm overstating that at all. But let's talk about that in the context of artificial intelligence. It's obviously you know, impacting our workforce, is going to continue to do so for some time. Why do you feel this makes communication skills more important than ever? Big picture first, Jeff. Uh, let's back up 
and I will help your listeners understand why we're even talking about this subject. Mm. Uh, these are not my ideas. <laughs> I'll make that clear. I'm the messenger. I have spoken directly to billionaires and business leaders, NASA astronauts, Navy SEALs, historians, economists, scientists. And here is the big takeaway that answers your question. Mm. As the forces of globalization, automation, and artificial intelligence combine to disrupt every career, every industry, it is the art of persuasion that is the fundamental skill that gives people a human edge that no smart machine can replace. You have an ability to do something that no computer can do, mm. which is ignite people's imaginations, get people to buy into your ideas. We are in the age of ideas, or what's called the knowledge economy. Anyone who is a little better at expressing their idea today can see a sudden, massive increase in wealth that is unprecedented in human history. In the agrarian age, if you could plow a field faster than the farmer next door, you wouldn't see a big increase in wealth. Mm. In the industrial age, the only people who were truly wealthy were the factory owners. Mm. But most Americans assembled widgets on factory floors. You could assemble a widget a little faster than the person standing next to you. You wouldn't see a big increase in wealth. Mm. Today, for the first time, anyone who is a little better at expressing an idea has massive platforms to share those ideas and can see that very sudden increase in wealth that's never happened quite before. Mm. And that is by historians, by economists, uh, by Warren Buffett, who said essentially the same thing. And he was talking about it in the context of inequality, because mm. he was talking about how some people can see extreme increases in wealth, uh, unlike anything we've ever seen. And that presents inequality type of problems. So that was the context of it. Uh, but the point is that anybody with a good idea who can express it well can get funding, can inspire teams, can sell more products, and that increases your wealth substantially. I had to build that out a little bit in the book. Uh, you know, it takes a few pages to mm -hmm. kind of build out that argument, but it made sense to me. Well, you talk about being a little bit better. Let's let's talk uh, for a bit about being uh, considerably better. As a podcast coach and mentor, and what I do, I'm constantly telling my clients who who often have embraced you know the sort of "done is better than perfect" mantra that if they want to stand out and get noticed in this space, they've got to learn what it takes to be so good that they can't be ignored. and And I'd love for you to talk about the five stars you reference in the title and how we can use communication to get to that level. Absolutely. Most of your listeners, at least from what, I, what I've seen and what I can recall, especially from the comments, they're already business professionals or entrepreneurs who have achieved something. They're, mm. they're, they're already business leaders. They're very competent in what they do. That's the audience for this book. We're not starting from scratch. We're, we're talking about people who are already competent mm. and who have uh, achieved some degree of success. So I use five stars both literally and as a metaphor. Metaphorically, I got this idea from Thomas Friedman, who is the great writer for the New York Times, mm. uh, the, the world is flat, globalization expert. And in his travels around the world and his study of globalization, he said that in the past, if you had average skills and you did an average job, you would earn an average lifestyle. But today, average is officially over. Everyone <laughs> needs to find their extra. Mm. 
That's according to Friedman. Everyone needs to find their extra. So what is that extra? Well, in my experience, especially over 20 years of studying persuasion, that extra is the ability to get people excited about your ideas. And I looked at this literally, too. Some of the great leaders who I've interviewed in the past ran five-star resorts. They are hospital leaders at five-star hospitals. They are entrepreneurs uh, like Richard Branson and others at five-star airlines. Hmm, what's going on here? They, were, they all credit their ability to communicate, to inspire, uh, to motivate as a big part of their success. And when you start looking at five stars, uh, let's take five-star hospitals, for example. Mm. I talked to a number of healthcare leaders. In order to get five stars, and there's only uh, 5% or less of all hospitals in America are five-star hospitals, five-star ranking. In order to get the five stars, they have to survey their patients. So most patients in hospitals get a survey when they leave the hospital. 70% of the survey that they're given, but this is by the government and the, uh, the Medicare department, 70% are associated with communication skills. Mm. 70% fall under communication. How well did the doctor and the nurses uh, communicate with you? Did, did they tell you the steps that you, we were going through? Uh, how well did they communicate the medication and the follow-up? You know, 70% of the questions fall under communication. So it, it makes sense that those leaders, those CEOs of five-star hospitals, actually put communication above everything else. Mm. And communication between staff, internally, how to, how to mo- they study how to motivate my team and how to offer the best service. Got a sort of a two-part question for you. I'd be curious to know, Carmine, if you've noticed any patterns in people. In other words, are there certain people or people from certain disciplines who naturally do this well? And secondarily, have you found your methodology can be applied across multiple industries, or is it just just a handful? That's the exciting part of the research. This book, uh, Five Stars, kind of came to me from the feedback that I was receiving from readers around the world to some of my previous books, like Mm. Talk Like Ted. And I realized that they were young and and older, and they were millennials just starting out uh, using my books to land their first job and to get promoted within the job Mm. category. And it didn't matter what field they were in. They were across all fields, all disciplines. So here's my conclusion. Each and every one of us has the ability to excite other people, to ignite their imagination, to get them excited about our ideas. I find that very empowering. I've met data scientists who are eloquent storytellers at companies like Google. I've met doctors who became best-selling authors because in college they studied creative writing before they went to medical school. I've met entrepreneurs like Richard Branson. He studies storytelling Mm. and communication. The answer to your question, Jeff, is great persuaders cut across every discipline. But I've been thinking about this, and your your question does prompt something. Okay, is there there a common theme? Mm. Common theme. They're learn-it-alls. (laughs) Yeah, they're learn-it-alls. They're not know-it-alls. And I think this is perfect for your audience, too. You wouldn't be listening to a podcast called Read to Lead unless you are reading. And all of most of the people I talk to read more books than average. Mm. And it kind of gets back to Carol Dweck's psychology book, Mm. you know, Mindset. You have to be a learn-it-all and not a know-it-all. So Tia Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, uh, talks about that in his new book, Reset. 
Uh, and so I think that is the trait that cuts across all these disciplines. But in terms of a job category, it applies to everybody. And in every country. I was in Dubai. The leadership in the Emirates is very open. They publicly acknowledge uh, very openly, very candidly, that at some point they're going to run out of oil. And so their asset is young people. And how do you build that asset? So they are building universities and, and teaching them the skills that they'll need to compete in this 21st century economy. Persuasion and communication and pitching your ideas is central to their learning. I went to this university where they have an entrepreneurship program. And at the end of this program, all of the students had to learn how to give a three-minute pitch for a new idea and pitch it in front of the ruling family or members of the ruling family. Mm. That's how important, that's the value that they place on effective communication. And one of my favorite stories from early in the book kind of lends itself to what you're talking about in regard to millennials. And it's the story of a man who's in his late 20s and been coding for about a year, going up against college graduates who have been you know, coding since they were 10. Uh, and, he's, and he's just not getting anywhere. And then he starts honing his communication skills. And he has a few misses. But then before long, he's got, I think it's Airbnb and Google bidding against one another for his services. Uh, I'd love for you to, to talk more specifically about what are some things we can do to, to build our communication skills at work, in the workplace? Boy, there are so many stories in the book uh, of real people, just young people and also people in their 30s and also in mid-career who have found a huge increase in their visibility, in their financial success, in their careers, because they studied communication. They actually started reading my books and other books. They started watching TED Talks. They started uh, giving better presentations and taking more opportunities to do presentations. You know, I look at things like uh, resumes, and we've always lived in this world of written resumes. Now I'm seeing more people, and I was just reading a friend of mine on Twitter who's, who's taking applications via video. He, he wants a one or two minute video from people, and he can make a determination so much more quickly as to who's right for the job and who isn't. Jeff, there are studies out there that show financial analysts, hardened Wall Street analysts, <laughs> make a decision or a judgment, an impression, they form an impression about a CEO during a roadshow IPO presentation in the first two minutes. Mm. And that impression doesn't change for the rest of their presentation. Right. Yeah, look, here's the, here's the big picture. The tools of communication have changed. We're, now we're using video interviews, like you said. Mm. Uh, we're using presentation tools like Prezi or, or PowerPoint. We're using uh, Skype to have conversations with each other. Tools have changed. Human brain is not. Mm. That, that was the big learning from talking to the scientists. The human brain has not. Our primitive brain processes information the way it did millions of years ago. The first thing we did, uh, our ancestors, the first communication was painting on cave walls. We're actually visual beings. <laughs> when most people deliver a PowerPoint, what do you see on the slide? Bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean by the ancient art of persuasion. <laughs> we all know how to do this. Mm. Somehow we either forget it or we're taught something different. That's not the way the brain learns. One, I just mentioned it, use more visuals than text. When you are giving presentations to 
persuade another person to take action. That can be a customer, a boss, uh, you're trying to pitch a new idea, uh, a team. Use more visuals than text on slides. Mm. This is very well established in the neuroscience literature. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been thoroughly researched. People recall images more than text. Now, that takes creativity, doesn't it, Jeff? Yes, it, it takes does. a little work. <laughs> I used to do this, too. I open a PowerPoint slide and just write bullets. What could be easier? That's easy. <laughs> the, the one thing that I, 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 I'm not sure of, you know, I should be saying, but... It, this does take a little work, okay? It's not, <laughs> it's not easy to go from three to five stars. You, in order to be a great persuader, it does take a little work and a little more creativity, but just a little extra effort. By the way, if you watch a Steve Jobs presentation, which are all on video now on YouTube, mm -hmm. if you watch uh, Mark Zuckerberg's public presentations at Facebook, if you watch the Chais, uh, the CEO of Google, uh, Sundar Pichai's presentations, you know what you'll see on the presentation slides, regardless of what format they're using? They don't use bullet points, Jeff. And yet, most of us, what do we do? Go into that meeting with text and bullet points. <laughs> no. So use more visuals than text. The other thing I would recommend to all of our listeners, watch and learn. Watch and learn. Mm. This is, again, it's, it's very empowering. We're at this amazing confluence of technology where you can watch the greatest speakers of our time at your fingertips mm. on your mobile device. Since 2006, TED Talks have been streaming TED presentations. Uh, those are, that's the gold standard of public speaking. I walked into a Marriott hotel the other day, and they've got some partnership with Ted. It's on the uh, it's on the big screen. <laughs> Before your next presentation, forget about reviewing it once again for the hundredth time. Watch a TED talk. Mm. See how they come across. Watch the body language, the delivery. Look at the slides. All major TED Talks have to go through an extensive process ahead of time. So look at the slides they use. They're going to be visual. They're going to tell a story. Here's the other tip that I would give, and this is an entire chapter in my book that has caught some people's attention, and I'm glad it has. Speak in simple words. This gets back to Daniel Kahneman's research, the Nobel Prize winning economist in thinking fast and slow. Kahneman says that if you want to appear as competent, use simple language. I have some examples in the Five Stars book of technology companies that are startup companies, but very well-funded and pretty successful startup companies, whose material, written material for consumers is written in third grade language. <laughs> third grade, not sixth grade. Wow. Third, so they've done the research. And what they're finding is that in order to communicate complexity to a general audience, not of other PhDs mm. or people who are also experts in your, in your topic. But to communicate complexity to a person or persons who are not familiar, who are unfamiliar with your area or topic, reduce your language to third grade level. That's not dumbing it down. Winston Churchill said that the short words are the most ancient to a culture. So if you want to make a direct communication with people, forget the jargon, okay? Eliminate the jargon, eliminate the long convoluted language and sentence structure. Keep your words short.
So those are just some of the things that uh, in part three of Five Stars, it's all about how to sharpen that persuasive edge. Mm. Well, speaking of of language, um, I happen to be one of those, I I guess, oddballs who actually owns a copy of Thomas Paine's Common Sense. And this is something that Carmine writes about in the book. Uh, Why, uh, 200 or so years later, Carmine, have have those words held up over time? And and, and what what can we take away from them in in thinking about communication now and, and, and in the future? From a historical perspective, and I think this is really fascinating and should be on the minds of a lot of uh, leaders today, every great movement that's happened, especially in, in American culture over the last 250 years or so, has always been kind of triggered by great persuaders. Mm. Well, whether it's John Kennedy, who was a poet and a writer, whether it was uh, Martin Luther King and his magnificent speeches, whether it was uh, Abraham Lincoln. Doris Kearns Goodwin has a history book just on Lincoln that was made into a Spielberg movie. She uses the word storytelling quite a bit. It really surprised me. Lincoln was a great storyteller. People would come out from all over the, uh, the area to watch this magnificent speaker. Mm. So again, all of the, the great movements of our time have been triggered by persuaders. In my research, and this is what was really fascinating, the American Revolution, when you look at Thomas Paine's Common Sense, which was a pamphlet mm. that was distributed to colonists in 1776 to persuade them to fight for America's independence. This isn't the first time that America's been divided. I I hadn't realized that 50% of the colonists were just a little upset at the taxes, but they didn't want to break from King George. (laughs) They didn't want to break. They didn't want a revolution. It actually took persuaders like Thomas Paine and Samuel Adams and a guy named Thomas Jefferson to convince them. So go back to your uh, common sense pamphlet, and you will see classic rhetorical tools of persuasion, Mm. including things like parallelism, which is a rhetorical way of using language. Uh, He he groups things into threes. Who else did that? Guy named Thomas Jefferson in Declaration of Independence, unalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm. He didn't give you 18 reasons (laughs) (laughs) to be upset. He gave you three, you know, uh, to fight for. What's interesting about this In the uh, 1700s, during the American Revolution, most Americans didn't know how to read. Mm. And so everything was written for the ear. Mm. Common sense and the Declaration of Independence are written for the ear first. In order to get to persuade people, you have to understand how to reach them. And people like Paine and Jefferson understood how to reach people. That's fascinating to me. Well, I was fascinated to read, too, some of the history uh, around uh, Kennedy and his ability to get, you know, all of NASA, who had, you know, these half a dozen or more goals, down to just one singular goal and something that at the beginning of that decade of the 60s just seemed impossible. How are we going to do this by the end of the decade? It was because he was able to get everybody on the same page and thinking singularly about what what their ultimate goal was. And I, I was really fascinated to read that. Oh, great. I'm glad. Yeah, that was in uh, chapter uh, one called Poetry, Power, and Moonshots. Mm -hmm. And again, not my idea. This is actually (laughs) done uh, based on academic scholarly research, and I talked to the scholars behind it, who looked at thousands, thousands of documents from the NASA uh, Apollo moonshot era. Mm -hmm. And they found that the reason why people 
could do what uh, in the 1960s was thought to be impossible, which was landing a man on the moon by the end of the 60s, uh, impossible. We don't have the, the technology doesn't exist. We don't know how to do it. The reason why they were convinced they could do the impossible is because of John F. Kennedy's words. Mm. Uh, th- this is just way too fascinating. So <laughs> I've read, I read a lot of the research. I spoke to the scholars behind it, and I distilled it in about two or three pages, so I hope I condensed it well. Oh, but yeah, there, there were several reasons that Kennedy was able to inspire people through language. Uh, what I would recommend to you and all of your listeners, if you go to Boston, travel to Boston, go to the JFK Museum, beautiful mm-hmm. museum. Um, it's just on the outskirts of the city, and it's the library and museum. They have the original text of the uh, inauguration, mm. the great inauguration speech, you'll notice something. There's a lot of crossed out lines <laughs> because Kennedy was an editor. Mm. He wanted it to be short and he wanted the words to be simple and short, just like Winston Churchill was saying. Good speeches and good presentations take good editing mm. to make them strong and concise. Well, well Carmine, in, in a day and age when I think our country is as divided as, as it's ever been, how can, how can we find common ground? How can we apply your ideas to have more productive conversations with one another when we don't necessarily agree with one another at the outset? I would start studying cognitive biases. Mm. Uh, th- that's really changed my outlook over the last uh, several years. Uh, getting back to Daniel Kahneman's work, uh, there's confirmation bias, there's availability bias. Mm. Uh, availability bias it can be quite damaging to ev- all of us, uh, not only in the political realm, but as entrepreneurs and people who are looking ahead to our future. Availability bias. Have you guys talked about that? Has that been a subject on one of your shows? Uh, confirmation bias, yes. I don't remember talking about availability bias, though. Oh, this is really interesting. Kahneman goes into it. Whatever you see or you focus on, more often expands. Mm. And so I was a journalist for 12 years, so I I understand this very well. The news is always bad by (laughs) definition. Mm. So if that's all you see is bad news, you think the world is collapsing. You're overlooking the positive. You're overlooking the uh, millions of people who are not the victims of violence today. You are overlooking the millions of people who today in America walked into a grocery store and saw an abundance of fresh fruits and vegetables that they, we haven't seen in 50 years mm-hmm. at, a, at a store. You know, every single day, you are surrounded by abundance. And that's why Warren Buffett and others uh, call themselves optimists, because they have perspective. And so this availability bias is really damaging mm. because if you were stuck in an echo chamber, okay, we've all <laughs> talked about that, mm-hmm. then you actually think the rest of the world thinks like you do because that's what you see. Mm. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, but you have to have what Ray Dalio, the, who, the guy who wrote Principles, mm-hmm. uh, calls radical open-mindedness, radical open-mindedness to ideas outside of your comfort zone. And that's why people like your listeners are the ones who can do that. It's hard to do. Mm. It's hard to do. But your listeners are learned alls, right? So I think they're much more open-minded. And open-minded doesn't mean, yeah, I'm open-minded, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a liberal or a conservative. Uh, that, no, that, that's not the point. The point is, I mean, again, hard to do because we are all influenced by our biases, every one of us, unless you're a psychopath. I mean, this is what the <laughs> cognitive psychologists say. It's really interesting. Mm. We're all influenced. Uh, and so you have to be able to, to hold two thoughts in your head at the same time. 
one thing can be good and bad at the same time. So I, I think it helps you as a persuader if you can understand that and argue both sides, right? You start seeing both sides and argue both sides, right. become a much better communicator, much stronger communicator. I'm loving this. For, I'd never heard it before before reading your book and, and, and having this chat with you, but learn it all. So I, I love that phrase. <laughs> I've never heard that before. So um, I want to shift gears here a little bit, if we can. Think about maybe in the last four years since you and I last spoke, uh, Carmine, the, the books you've read. And are there any in that time frame that stand out to you as, as having had a big impact on you? Maybe there are books you read in preparation for, for writing your latest book. Any that jump out as having a huge impact on you? Without question, uh, I would go back to psychology books that have been a, had a big impact on me, two in particular. Mm. You have to read Kahneman. You've got to read Daniel Kahneman, mm. Thinking Fast and Slow, because he identifies all of the biases that are affecting us today. And you start to see the biases in other people, and you recognize it in yourself. The reason why we need to be learn-it-alls is called the illusion of knowledge. You and me, Jeff, and all of our listeners, you don't know nearly as much as you think you do. (laughs) (laughs) But we think we're experts. (laughs) And so that's that's why, if you really want to stand out, you need to be the one to say, hmm, maybe I'm wrong. That's that's hard to do. It's very hard to do because you're actually overcoming millions of years of evolution. So Kahneman's book is a must. Um, I also like biographies, and there's only a few biographies that really spoke to me, and maybe this one spoke to you. Mm. Have you talked about Shoe Dog? I own that on Audible, but I haven't listened to it yet. I had a friend recommend it and said it's fantastic. Phil Knight's biography was so different than every other biography. It wasn't just, Shoe Dog is not just a story about a company, and look how great we are. (laughs) It's about all of the, the, the beginning and the spirituality that went into it, and mm. the, uh, the, ph- the philosophy that went into it, and the hard work, and the hurdles, and the struggles that you have to overcome. And re- I love those kind of books. Mm. And Richard Branson told me something really interesting. So here's a third book I would recommend. <laughs> uh, Richard Branson's books. Make sure you, you buy those and read those. Uh, his, his newest one is Finding My Virginity, but if you haven't read his first one, uh, he's written several. One was um, Losing My Virginity, read those first because he really goes into communication. But he told me something really interesting when I interviewed him. Stories that do not involve struggle make for really boring reading. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So that's another tip, by the way, uh, if if your listeners want to become really good storytellers, especially in business, always make sure you've got some kind of struggle or a hurdle that has to be overcome in your presentation because it'll make for more interesting reading. But those are some of the books I would recommend that have changed my life and Shoe Dog for a biography. I also would recommend Enlightenment Now, Stephen Pinker's great book that uh, came out earlier this year. Bill mm. Gates said it's his favorite book of all time. It's a, it's a dense one. It's, it's 500 pages of data, but it will convince you that today is the greatest time ever to be alive in human Mm. civilization. And it's actually very empowering for entrepreneurs and business leaders because you don't get down as often. You start seeing all of the great opportunities ahead of you. 
uh, which again, you don't get if that's all you do is focus on the news every day. Mm -hmm. So I I, I like his perspective. Not exactly the kind of book you'd read on the beach, though. (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, I mentioned uh, Audible a moment ago. If if I'm not mistaken, uh, your book, Five Stars, is available there as well, right? Please download it on Audible. My last two books have been, uh, both audiobooks have been nominated in the top five oh. audiobook awards for best nonfiction of the year. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, and so this is my third book that I've uh, narrated myself. Mm. And we've got some really good reviews by Audible's editors. So if you want to download, and that's a very fast growing. Uh, division of mm. the entire publishing industry is audiobooks. So I'm glad that this is on Audible. Yeah, downloaded today. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, any parting thoughts you want to leave us with before we before we wrap up? This is an empowering time. Uh, I, I've never been more confident about mm. a person's ability to stand out and achieve everything they've wanted to achieve, especially now more than ever. But you have to look at life positively. Mm. Uh, optimism is a recurring theme across many of the, almost all of the people I've interviewed. Optimism is a recurring theme. And also just uh, that confidence that you have these skills. These are ancient skills. They were given to us 2,000 years ago by Aristotle. We know how to do this. Well, the book, again, is called Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to great. Carmine Gallo, thank you so much for agreeing to chat with us a second time. I appreciate it so very much. You are welcome. Thanks, Jeff. With the launch of Carmine's new book, he's been sharing some great bite-sized content, video content, in fact, over on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with him there or anywhere else, be sure to check out the show notes page I've created especially for this episode. That's also where you'll find the links and other resources that Carmine and I talked about today. That's all at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 220 for episode 220. And don't forget, Chandler Bolt and I want to put a free book into your hands. It's called Published. You'll receive a copy when you sign up for Chandler's free training that takes you from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Sign up now at readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. And if you're like me and want to make running your business a lot easier on yourself, you've got to be using cloud accounting software, FreshBooks. Check out their 30-day free trial and get access to all of FreshBooks features at freshbooks.com slash readtolead. Got a comment or question about the show? I'd love to hear from you. Jeff at Read to lead podcast.com. That's Jeff at read to lead podcast.com. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember leaders read and readers lead. <laughs>